I'm so excited to dive into this set of episodes to answer one of the most burning and frequent questions that I get from real estate agents all the time, which is, should I start a real estate team? I encourage you to just dive in and listen to this three-part series where I'm going to unpack everything you should be knowing and thinking about in advance before forming a team from what value you're going to offer, what you're going to expect from your team members, what you're going to pay them, hiring the right people, onboarding them in the right way, and really giving you a vision for how to do this well and avoid some of the biggest mistakes that people make in our industry when they are team building and growing. So can't wait to dive in with you. Let's get into it. Hey, my name's Tina Beliveau, and I am obsessed with all things real estate, growth, marketing, social media, technology, and team building. If you're an ambitious agent who's hungry to grow, work on your own terms, and build a thriving life outside of your business, this is the podcast for you. I got into real estate when I was 18 years old and grew my business from nothing through referrals and social media. And since then, I've built a top performing team and I've sold over 1,700 homes and $400 million in sales volume. In this podcast, I keep it real and I tell you exactly what I'm doing to sell tons of houses, lead my team, market my brand, grow my social following and database, and maintain incredible work-life balance. I'll never shy away from sharing my biggest mistakes as well as the juiciest parts of my secret sauce. Pull up a seat and get ready to learn and be inspired. This is the High Performance Agent Podcast with Tina Beliveau. Okay, buckle up. We are diving in to one of my favorite topics that has so much complexity and nuance, a lot of upside, and then also some real problems and hard lessons you can encounter along the way. And I'm going to do my best to really unpack this topic for you and help you as much as possible to have success with this if you decide to do it and avoid as many of the mistakes along the way that I've made and I've seen other people make. Now, what am I talking about with so much drama? I'm talking about forming your own real estate team. And people ask me all the time, should I start a team? How do I start a team? And I'm always like, oh my gosh, like, I'd love to help you with this. It's a very big question <laughs> with a lot that goes into it to really do it, do it at the right time for you, do it in a way that is going to actually support your growth and your vision and your lifestyle. So that is why I am going to dive in and actually just proclaim this is going to be a three episode series to really give you the full <laughs> scoop on on what I think and how you can make this work for you. And more importantly, decide if it really is the right thing for you and the right time for you. So let's just get into this. First of all, just like a mindset. When you're starting a team, what you're really doing is forming a business partnership with everyone who works for you. And the key to a strong business partnership, in my opinion, among many things, is that there needs to be an interchange of value between both parties that makes a lot of sense for both ends and has strong alignment from A to Z as far as like personalities, culture, vibes, for lack of a <laughs> more professional way of saying it, but also like answering the question, what's in it for me? Because 
you're basically getting into a relationship with someone that has a lot of positive and negative potential ramifications. So really being clear from the outset of why you're doing it, what you're doing, what you offer, what they offer, what you want from them, what they want from you, that's what we're really going to talk about. And then the other piece, which is obvious, but it can be easy to make some missteps here, is making sure that it's going to be profitable for you and for everyone that you employ. So you need to have a great business plan, a financial pro forma that is grounded in facts, figures, and reality, most importantly, and then having a vision for growth and where this thing is going and why. And all of that can look, there is, it can look so different for everyone. There is no wrong way to have a team. I think the wrong thing to do would be to not do your own self-work to decide what it is you're doing and why and communicate that really clearly and authentically to anyone that you're looking to get into partnership with. So that is where we're going. And basically, like I said, this is going to be like a three-part series. So this first episode, we're really going to talk about that value interchange of what you're offering your team members and what you're looking for them to do. And some of that self-work of, okay, what have I really got going here? The second episode, I'm going to talk you through dollars and cents from like a budgetary standpoint, but also compensation plans and structures and the expectations that you would have of yourself as well as your team members. And then in the third part, we'll talk more about hiring the right people. Aside from what their job description is, more looking at their personal values, their business values, your team culture, what you're looking to create, and also making sure that you do things the right way from the beginning, aka put your team agreements in writing, have a lawyer, advise on all of that good stuff. So that's where we're headed. And today we are going to kick off with what value will you offer to your team members? And are you ready for this move? So I want to help you just begin to think all of this through. Again, the entire point of having a team, in my experience, and I've actually had a team for 10 years now, which is crazy, a formal team. And before that, I had part-time and full-time administrative support, which by the way, just having administrative support can totally fall in the category of team. Wherever you are in your journey, just listen to this in whatever way is the most helpful for you. But really, the whole point in my experience of having a team is that together, we all are doing better and happier and more fulfilled and more profitable than if we were on our own. And like, it's so silly to be like, together, everyone achieves more, but that's the point. And the way you define achieve, by the way, can mean a lot of different things. Like, for example, you might actually make a decision that you're great making less money in return for just having more time. And there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, that has been a part of my journey in the last couple of years. You'll hear more about that if you ever want to go back and listen to my episode one, the very starting episode of this podcast. I just talk about like trading profit for sanity and all of that. But the point is that you want to define what the value is that you're bringing and that you want to get from the people who partner with you and having it be win-win and totally fair and reasonable and realistic and all of those good things. Hey, I've got a quick update for you. 
The waitlist for High Performance Agent Academy is now open. The Academy is my signature program. It's an immersive training and mentoring experience that I personally designed for ambitious agents who are ready to create a total breakthrough in their business. In the Academy, I share all of my best information with you, including my playbooks for email marketing, client events, social media, branding, how to leverage Facebook groups, leveling up your video presence, and all of my technology and efficiency hacks. I also allow you to steal my systems. You get all of my templates, checklists, and automations so you can make your business the best it can be. And the best part is I make myself available to mentor you directly, answer all of your questions, and ensure that you are totally supported in implementing everything I teach, growing your business, and bringing in way more referral and repeat leads. To learn more and to sign up for the waitlist, head to tinabellavo.com slash academy. And by the way, if you're thinking about joining someone's team, that is a great way to listen through all of these episodes, too, of really evaluating what someone else offers and what you offer. It's all relevant in both directions. So first things first, if you've been around any team building conversations, you've probably heard people use this term, their value proposition. And essentially, those would be the things that the team is going to give, pay for, and facilitate for the team members. So first things first, the L word, leads. (laughs) This is the big one. Every team handles leads differently. And there's actually several layers to what I even mean when I say the word leads. But ultimately, as the owner and rainmaker of your business, you want to figure out, what am I doing about leads? Am I giving leads to my team members or not? Am I training them to generate their own leads? How many leads, realistically, am I going to be able to hand out? And that's going to tie actually a little bit more into the pro forma and the business plan that we're going to get to a little further on from here. But that's the first thing is like a reality check of what is the situation with leads, whether people you interview ask you right away or not, that is generally a primary question. Most agents are drawn to teams because they are interested in leads. That's not always the case. And it may not always be the primary driver, but in my experience, coaching and meeting with thousands of agents over the years, this is the big one. So as the team owner, you want to be really clear on what's going on with leads and like make no bones about it and don't promise things that you can't deliver But on the flip side, also be able to articulate the value of the kinds of leads that you have. So a mindset question slash thought that I want to give you to think about, whenever someone tells me they want to start a team, what I try to ask them or wish I would say first is, do you have an abundant overflow of something that you can offer your team members? So what I mean by that is say you're just out there selling homes and you've got a really great admin who is doing a great job for you. Do you have an abundant overflow right now? And that overflow might not be leads. It might be that your admin has more capacity and has the time to serve someone additional to you, but you definitely don't have an abundant overflow of leads yet. Then that's a great chance to back up and say to yourself, okay, so should I work more on lead generation? Should I have my admin work more on certain lead generation and marketing? Or should I bring someone into my team 
and help them understand that I can't give them any leads now and that I'm not sure when I will be able to, but I could definitely have the time to support them in building their own sphere and using the practices that I'm using. So you've just got to be real with yourself. Do I have an abundant overflow of something that I can offer? And if you don't, that's cool, but maybe don't build a team yet because in my just, this is just one woman's opinion. (laughs) People partner with a team leader because the team leader has some overflow to give them whether, and it might just be time and energy and passion. And that's totally cool. It just might be a little bit of a slower trajectory for anyone partnering with you. If you don't really have anything that's going to give them like an immediate lift in their business. So that's just my opinion, but I would start with just looking at that question. And that can be as it relates to leads or any of the other things that I'm going to talk about shortly. So I want to talk more about the layers of leads. First, I was just asking, are you going to give any out at all? Do you have extra leads to give? And then if you do, (laughs) what kind of leads are they? What is the quality of those leads? And this is something that gets skipped over in almost every team conversation where I've met with someone and they basically said to me, I joined such and such team and it totally didn't work out. It wasn't at all what they said it was going to be at the outset. And a lot of the time, the two things that people always say, oh, it never worked out the way it was like sold to me is it was either leads or time with the leader. So on the lead side, oh, I thought I was going to get great. I thought I was going to get these like referral leads or like a really good price point or whatever. And instead it was a bunch of salesilla leads that I chased and got nowhere. So that is a very common phenomenon of either the team leader overselling what they're actually giving or just not having really clear expectations, conversations up front about what they really have to offer. And then another really common phenomenon with teams is the team owner already being so busy and overwhelmed that they wanted to help their new agent succeed. They wanted to have that weekly meeting. They wanted to provide those written training materials, but they never had time to write them up. And they missed half of the training meetings they were supposed to have because they kept having showings and inspections and appraisals get in the way. So again, like as the team lead, you want to look at all of that. So on the lead side of it, there are a bunch of things that go into lead quality. So where are the leads coming from? Are they referrals and repeat past clients? Like those are really easy to close. Or are they Facebook leads that have a 1% conversion rate? Are they Zillow and Realtor.com leads? Are they Zillow leads that came in today? Or are they Zillow leads from two years ago that you're hoping someone is going to sit and call through and revive and use scripts and be sitting there with a headset for one to three hours, five days a week, working a bunch of leads? You can maybe hear a little bit of in my voice just because that's not my business model. You really want to be clear on your sources of business and basically how strong those leads are as far as like how much skill does it take to actually convert those? And what is the conversion rate? Like you could be the most skilled converter in the world, but if they're really stale leads, like there just might not be anything to mine from them. What is the price point for those leads? What is the location? And I just feel like the more real you can be with yourself and just and the better you know your business too <laughs> and can say, okay, like here's what I've got. I'm going to keep working all my good referrals, but I do get sign calls and this and that and so on and so forth. It's probably only a couple a month, maybe only 20% of them close. That is a really important starting point to be able to sell your 
team, <laughs> like the value of what you have, and give people a clear idea of what they're getting into, especially if you're working with an agent, potential agent demographic that is newer to the business where people just tend to have no idea what to expect or just Pollyanna ideas of things coming along faster or just the disappointments of you think you've got a buyer under contract and then you wake up the next day and they've got cold feet and don't want to sign the offer. There's just so much that goes into that. So the more clear you can be at the beginning about lead quality and where how they're going to make money. And obviously, I'm like really talking more about the agent side than the admin side right now, but this is huge. The second piece is what I already started to allude to is like, how much time do you really have to train someone joining your team? Time, energy, and quite frankly, passion. I actually had a phone call with someone recently who wants to bring her daughter into her business. But as I started asking her questions, she really just, she doesn't have the passion right now to mentor and teach even her own daughter the business, which I get it. I really get it. This woman that I spoke with is like a 20-year real estate veteran and she was looking at ways to outsource training for her daughter. And I think it's important to be really realistic. Who is going to teach them the contract? Who is going to sit and show them how to properly search in the MLS and do things the right way? Who is going to blank? You could fill in a thousand things. There's a lot that goes into onboarding someone into your team, especially if they're newer to the business. And even if you might hear this and be like, you know what? Yeah, I'm not going to bring anyone into my team that doesn't already have X number of years or transactions of experience. And that can be a, a wonderful thing as long as they're the right match and not coming in with habits and mindsets that don't align for you. So you've got to look at yourself, your time, your energy, your bandwidth. What kind of resources can you tap into? Are there coaches or training programs? or people at your brokerage, or people in your network that can fill gaps if you're short on time? And if not, are you going to make that time in your calendar and actually say no to other things so that you can support the people that you promised to support and give them the chance to learn and step into the role so that you can get that time back? You might be in a situation where you're like, you know what, I'm going to work a lot harder for several months doing extra work to onboard this person on top of the all the responsibilities I have to sell my own homes and support whatever else I have going on with my team and just be realistic and have a plan. And I think it's just really, I've seen a lot of agents bring people in and then just not want to make the time. And then you've just wasted so much energy for you and the other person because by the time they figure out it's a non-match, you're probably weeks or months into it. And then it can become like a cycle where they leave and you just lick your wounds for a while or maybe start over. So leads and time, those are the two biggies. But there's a lot of other things that go into the value proposition for your team. The next and the biggest would be everything administrative from a listing management angle, contract to closing, systems and operations overall, and all of the marketing services. You want to look at your enterprise as it stands today, and do you have any administrative support in place now? And if not, typically, it's a really good idea to address everything administrative before you bring in producing agents. Now, that varies for a lot of reasons and a lot of business models, but that would just be like the simple thing is what can you do to have really strong listing management and contract closing support so that you can spend more time on generating leads? building your business, 
creating the actual time and bandwidth in your schedule to be available to support people. So I always encourage people to look at, do I have listing and contractor closing support? And also, how good is it? (laughs) Is it an outsourced agency that works off of a more limited checklist? Or is it someone in-house who is like super comprehensive and they're in your email and they're returning your voicemails? Like, Those are just two different kinds of support as like an example on like opposite ends of the spectrum. And if you're looking at hiring an agent for your team, are they going to benefit from something more soup to nuts or something more basic? That's going to just play into how much value they receive and perceive from being on your team. And I would say the same thing for all of the marketing and lead generation and advertising support aspects that a team member could get through your team, whether that's things that you do or an admin does or any sort of contracted vendor that provides marketing services for you. So just to give you like a list off the top of my head of things that in my experience are really important and supportive to productive agents is number one, do you have a CRM? Is it any good? (laughs) Are you using it? Do you have systems and templates and processes in place for how you use your CRM where you could onboard someone into that and have like alignment in your activities and literally like transparency in your CRM of who's working what lead and helping them manage their pipeline and all of that good stuff. So that's, I would say, a number one, especially if you're trying to get out of being in like a higher number of transactions per year. Sometimes there's an agent I recently coached who works in the luxury niche and she works at a much lower number of transactions and her administrative needs support is much lower because it's just not a high unit productive situation. But if you know, you're know you at more of an average or typical sale price for your market, you're, the way to grow is generally to do more units, increase your sale price over time, but you need to have tools in place to have infrastructure for working more and more units. The second thing is just overall like marketing campaigns. What does the team do to market itself and also the agents? Is there a brand? Is there any sort of underlying strategy? And how would your team members benefit from that? And do you envision team members who leverage the team brand or just build their own brand under your umbrella? Do you care? Do you have feelings about that? I think that's something that's important to know up front as well and communicate in a articulate and kind way of what kind of your brand standards are and whether you want them to really grow your brand or their brand or if it makes no difference to you. The third thing from a marketing perspective, which should probably really be the first thing in my list, is just everything as it relates to sphere of influence. Are you someone who has a really strong sphere of influence business strategy? Are you working lots of referrals and repeat business and just organic relationship business? And if so, is that something you want to teach to your agents? And do you have any tools and systems to help them do the same? That would generally be your touch plan in my experience. Like I help, I'm all sphere. And then I help the agents that work with me work their sphere. So we have a CRM that's geared for that. We have email marketing that's geared for that. We do events that are targeted to that. We gift and use very specific technology that's centered around that. And everything that I do to build my sphere, I make available for them to build their sphere. In fact, I do it for them because in my experience, agents don't want to do that. That's why they want to be on your team. They don't want to mess with that. They don't want to figure out the CRM. They don't want to edit the email. They don't want to update the the whatever the case may be. So between me and the admin and marketing vendors 
that support my business, I do that for my agents because for them, that's like the whole point of being on the team is just to not touch that stuff. So figuring out where you stand with that then is going to lead into some of the details I just mentioned. Do you host client events? And if so, are you going to bring your team members in on that? Are you going to have them bring their whole sphere? Or are you going to say, you can bring five people. I have budget for X, Y, or Z. So you can have 20 guests at this event based on my price per head. Or you just want to start to think about, basically, are you bringing your team members into everything that you do? Or are there limits and why? And are those (laughs) boundaries or limits benefiting them in some way or holding them back and just having a vision for how you're going to help people build their book of business? if that's important to you. And if it isn't, (laughs) then what are the other points of value that you offer? And then we can get into all kinds of little stuff like printed collateral, listing and buyer presentations, flyers, brochures, business cards. Who's designing that stuff? Who's printing it? Who's paying for it? How much are you basically providing for people as opposed to leaving them on their own? Do you provide all the lockboxes and signage for listing? Do you pay for the photographer if they take a listing? Or do they? And that's going to fold into the financial piece, which is coming up in part two. But I would encourage you to start thinking about what are you comfortable with? What can you afford? What feels right to you? What would you appreciate if the tables were turned and you were on the other side of it? What kind of really like how comprehensive do you want to be for your team members? And then the last thing I would say on the marketing side is just everything like web-based is social media are looking for them to help grow the team brand again or build their own? Are you giving them tools and templates and imagery that they can post and links and things like that? Or are they on their own? Do you have a web presence? Are you going to expect them to build a web presence? Are you building your own Google reviews or theirs or both? (laughs) So I don't want to overwhelm you, but I think that the more you can understand what it is that you believe will benefit both you and your team members and communicate that, the easier it is for everyone to succeed and focus on growing and building the business together. And then the last thing, which is always like the least sexy, but is so important in my experience with having team members is everything that goes into like systems and infrastructure. So like people generally want to join a team because that stuff's taken care of. They want to know that when you come on board that you already have a contract to closing checklist, that maybe you have some like onboarding materials written up or that at least you have some like basic policies and procedures that will help them succeed. And I'm not talking about like punishing policies and procedures, but I don't know. I have a really awesome list of all the creative things you can do to win in a bidding war on the buyer side that my agents can refer to to get ideas and make sure they haven't missed any opportunities to set themselves apart. By the way, that should be a separate podcast. So basically, do you have systems and infrastructure that will help people succeed, save them time, Have your team be really professional, polished, nice to work with, et cetera. And maybe you've listened to this list and you're seeing some areas for improvement. And by the way, things can always be improved forever. So you don't want to wait to launch your team until all of this is perfect because it always needs to be a work in progress. But if you feel like there's a serious gap in your lead strategy or the time that you have available, or you know that your like ops are just a mess and you absolutely need to get some things in order with your admin or your checklist before you bring someone into the storm, then get real with yourself and work on that. Set a timeline, figure out what the priorities are. Again, done is better than perfect. 
Figure out how to address those gaps so you can be in a position to build your team and feel confident about it and know that the people that you bring in are going to feel satisfied and like they made a good decision and like they can function without being maybe overwhelmed by any of your dysfunction. (laughs) And I say that with love because I've been very dysfunctional at times. And that's where I want to wrap up this first piece for you is I think the biggest value exchange mistake that you can make and that I've made in various regards is just lack of (laughs) self-honesty, like not being real with yourself about the exchange in value. So I would ask you, if you were to like listen back through everything I talked about, where are you crushing it? What are the things that make your team or potential team really special and really advantageous for someone to join? And where do you suck? And what can you do about it now? Or what can you bring someone in and say, you know what? I don't have a strong admin right now. I'm working on it. Here's like a quick preview of my game plan, but you're not going to have contract or closing support in the first few months or it's outsourced and it's, I'm really looking to bring it in house. Like I, I think it's just really important to just keep it real and let people know what they're getting into and what you're going to do about it and how things are still going to benefit them in the meantime and have as much of this outlined as possible up front. And like I said earlier on in this episode, the biggest source of team member, team member dissatisfaction and turnover is getting a really rosy sales pitch at the beginning and then finding out that fill in the blank just isn't what you were told it was going to be at the outset. It's poor quality. It's inconsistent. It's non-existent. You just don't want to bring people in and pull the rug out from under them. So you can never go wrong by being really honest with yourself and really honest and kind with the people around you. And then you can save yourself the trouble of whether it's team turnover or maybe just not being nearly as profitable as you hoped or really just realizing that you thought you wanted one thing and if you had thought about it more at the beginning, you would have realized that something else would have made a bigger difference. So I'm just going to recap really quick. That is the like full, it's like a kind of a mixture of a self-analysis and a business analysis of what's really going on inside of my business. What do I have to offer? What are my biggest gaps? How does that translate into bringing someone into this enterprise? And then from there, we're going to talk about a whole lot more. So just hang tight. Next episode's coming. Thank you so much for listening. Again, this is the High Performance Agent Podcast with Tina Bellavo. And if you want to talk about any of this further, I strongly encourage you to come and join my Facebook group, Relationship Driven Real Estate with Tina Bellavo. There should be a link to the group in the show notes on whatever platform you're listening through. Come join the conversation because this is a layered topic and I love to talk about it. Thanks again for listening, and I will chat with you soon. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the High Performance Agent Podcast. Make sure to subscribe by hitting the follow button so you don't miss the next episode. And check the show notes for links to all of my goodies, including my newsletter filled with tips for ambitious agents. You can also find me on Instagram at Tina Bellavo. Talk to you soon.